In today's episode, we talk about how there is so much to do, and we share some time management strategies. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks, and we've squeezed out just a few minutes to talk about time management. I've got my Pomodoro timer ticking away in the background. Sarah, talk fast. I've booked only 15 minutes for this call. I've got to go. Oh my God, you're totally stressing me out, Nancy. That sounds really stressful. (laughs) I know, and yet so much of our life feels that way right now, doesn't it? Actually, none of that is true. I don't have a Pomodoro timer at all, but I certainly don't have it clicking away right now. I didn't cap our time together, and we didn't turn this meeting into an email because it's the kind of conversation that I think needs to happen in person. So maybe we need to take a deep breath (laughs) and realize we should talk about time. I think so, too. And I feel like this is part two of our previous conversation, I Am Busy. Remember that? We talked about that a few months ago. For sure. Because when you're busy, you feel like you don't have enough time. So what is the strategy when we know we can't get it all done? You're just going to wait. Let's just pause. How about we breathe deeply? Well, first, I want to give credit where it's due. There's this one website I just love. It's called modelthinker.com. And it is written by an adult learning person and just somebody who's really smart and thinks a lot about how we work. So I just want to give credit. And if you all want to wonk out on this stuff, modelthinker.com is, so, is, is fun and they have a newsletter. But it pulls out some interesting strategies that I think we might think about. The first one I want to I want to name is to put time in a box. And that is there's a principle that says that work expands the time available. When I get really boxed in with projects, I have found that I just schedule I have 1 hour for this. Like I am only going to spend 1 hour and honestly if, you know, 5 minutes before the hour is up, I wrap it up because I need to wrap it up. Have you ever used that strategy? Yes, it it brings me back to, I distinctly remember my junior year of high school, English teacher used to give us timed essay exams. And I was one of those people who would write pages and pages and pages. And so the idea of having 25 minutes to write a, you know, four paragraph essay was totally hard. And yet I could do it, right? And you learned by doing it, how to do it just fine. And what I like about putting time in a box as far as a management thing is I actually have found myself now that my schedule feels extremely full, actually putting it in my calendar. Like from Mm -hmm. two to three, I know I have set aside time to work on that grant proposal, but that's it. (laughs) So then when two o'clock comes around, I stop what I'm doing. I do that for the hour that little reminder on my email bings at three o'clock to tell me it's three o'clock and I have some new appointment and then you move on. Actually scheduling, literally scheduling it can be pretty helpful too. I've actually used this tool as a manager work. You know, if I have somebody working with me on a project, I might say, I want you to spend 30 minutes on it and then we're going to talk. So do what you can in 30 minutes and stop there. Like when the clock hits 30, stop. And I, I think it fits well into, into managing other people as well. Tied to this is decide what is good enough. Mm. And, you know, if I only have 30 minutes to do something and I produce a certain product in that 30 minutes, 
I need to decide what is pretty good. What is pretty good? What needs to be pretty? What is okay being pretty good? What needs to be very good? We need to really decide that we're never going to get to perfection on everything in the limited time we have. Yep. And I think it's okay to say, well, here's a project where I have to give it all the time. It it has to be pretty darn close to perfect. And here are three things that I can do just good enough. And it's okay, I think, to not maybe make your whole day just good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But within your day to say, you know what, there's something, there's something worthy of me thinking carefully about it and giving it time and space to breathe. And there are other things that I just need to get done. And Mm -hmm. I may not, you know, maybe on a different day with more time, I would do them even better, but I can get to good enough. And there's all sorts of calculations that go into that, of course, you know, does the relationship matter in a deep and meaningful way? Is this a do or die funding relationship where that federal grant that's paying half your budget, you better make sure that it's perfectly done. But there are other things where we can we can cut ourselves a little bit of slack, right? That, that's a great one. What else? Yeah, the next idea is to take a break. And this seems counterintuitive because you're feeling I am completely maxed out. So I should be working 24 hours a day. But I have also found that this works. And this is where that Pomodoro idea comes in. And if folks don't know, it's basically a a timer that ticks away. You focus for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. So it's very systematic. You work for 25 minutes and take you five, then you take a five minute break. And this goes four times and then you take a 30 minute break. Mm. Okay. So have you ever done this? Not quite like this, but I think it's a great idea. One of the things I do is switch off, maybe not as rigidly like 20 minutes and five, but I will do something for a period of time. And then I will take on a task that maybe requires a a different brain function. Mm. So maybe I'm working on a spreadsheet and the budget and lots of numbers. And I kind of hit this point where like, ah, I'm stuck or I'm getting frustrated. And then I'll do something that maybe you would think is a waste of my time. Like I will help stuff the envelopes that need to go out. But I find that when I'm stuffing the envelopes, I'm looking at the names, I'm thinking about people. I'm suddenly like, oh, you know, we haven't told them a story about you know, X, Y, or Z lately, I should make sure I put that on the communications calendar for the future. And it just kind of exercises a different part of my brain. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like I, you don't have to take a break, meaning like do nothing, although that can be really helpful too. It can be just switching the like activity in your brain. In fact, you just led us to our fourth idea here. Oh. <laughs> Walk away in the middle of it. And, I mean, and this is a really valid idea in the sense that, you know, if you are struggling writing that donor letter or you're, you've reached this creativity block that you can't finish whatever it is you're doing, that one strategy is to just to walk away and think about it in a different way. So while you're stuffing those envelopes, your brain is still working. And that actually is part of, you know, the cognitive science that that people talk about. That this, I mean, there's authors who at the end of every day write the first sentence of their next chapter. And you're like, well, why would you do that? Why don't why don't you start the next day with a clean piece of paper? Yeah. And this notion that if you write the first sentence of your next chapter or your donor letter or whatever it is you're working on, your brain keeps working even when you're sleeping. Isn't that crazy? Well, and it also makes it that much easier to start the next day. Because even if you don't keep that sentence, (laughs) you feel like it's already, it's not a blank document. 
I at least sometimes find that the time management is just getting me to get started is part of the time management trouble. So if I knew I was coming to something that already was started, it's yeah, easier I to Yeah, I actually even used it, it on, on the planners for these this episode today. We, for listeners, you don't know that we have little planners that we, we use to figure out what we're going to talk about. And I was so busy this week, I couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. So I just started an outline. I just wrote the like topics at the top and I walked away. And I came back the next day. I'm like, oh, okay, I can bang this out in five minutes because I've already thought about it. It works. It works. Yep. So the next strategy you have heard a billion times, but I think it's worth just putting out there. And that is to say no. At this point, we, you know, we have focused on how to do everything that's in front of us. And another approach is just not to take on anything more. And I am personally terrible at this. I've been saying yes to far too much lately because it's all so good and I love everything I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, but I am trying to be more clear on on what my limitations are and what I just can't do. Absolutely. And it is remarkable. I have said no recently to a handful of things. And I have to say the anticipation of saying no was actually harder than the act of saying no. I found that people are quite gracious and understanding that you got a lot on your plate. And when you say that kindly and nicely, um, you aren't burning a bridge in any way and, and it'll be okay the stress ahead of time of trying to think, oh, do I, I guess I should say no, was way worse than actually saying it. I think so too. So tied to that, and and this could be a say no, and then find someone else who can do it. And then find ways to outsource stuff. And I think we in the nonprofit sector are terrible at this. I mean, how many folks are doing their accounting at night because they don't want to hire a bookkeeper or they're doing all their social media themselves because they don't want to hire somebody, you know, who does communications that we don't tend to outsource things. And we could, whether it be delegating something to a staff or a volunteer or just truly outsourcing it, paying a service to do whatever it is. These need to be on the table as we think about time time management. Yes. And especially if you truly are without enough time to get everything done. If it's to the point that you're burnt out, you're incapable of, of keeping any kind of balance in your life, then you have to be looking at this you know, say no or outsource. And that's a conversation you don't need to just have by yourself. It's a conversation you have with your board. It's a conversation you have with those who are closest with you. You know, at that point, it is important for your mission and your movement for you to say, we got to do things a little different. So what else do we have? Does that cover everything for time management? Well, the last one I was thinking of, um, I find myself easily distracted by things that feel urgent. And it's usually like a notification, you know, my an email comes in and I see the first three lines of it. And I might be deep in that spreadsheet working on the budget. And then I suddenly see, you know, oh gosh, that person I've been waiting to hear from has finally gotten back to me. And I stop what I'm doing and go immediately look at that email um, or the phone ringing or the person in the doorway, or, you know, you can imagine those kind of interrupting moments. And sometimes those are essential and and sometimes you have to take them and, and they do pivot. Pivoting is the right thing. And other times I find if I just say, hey, can you give me five minutes <laughs> and I just finish the thing I'm working on, I actually save 20 because by the time I go deal with the other thing and come back, I've forgotten where I was <laughs> and what I was doing and I have to kind of recreate the whole thing. So sometimes it is it does take some instincts to know, you know, when when should you be interrupted and when do you need to close your door, whether that's 
to your email or to your office and really say, hey, I'm going to just finish this because it's going to be faster if I just get this done. And then I can know things are piling up and I will deal with them uh, when it's Absolutely. over. Absolutely. Our brains are not as good at multitasking as we might think they are. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. All right. So what's the word of the week? Well, doesn't the word of the week have to be time? Yes. Oh, this sounds very existential. And, and, well, and the concept of time is so interesting to me because time is a concept in the aggregate. Do we have time? You know, you just think about time passing, things like that. But time is also something that we can count. It's minutes, it's hours, it's days, it's months. And it is just so interesting to think about our relationship to time and how you talk a lot about our relationship to money. And I think about what is our relationship to time? Like, is time a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? Well, like if I say the word time, do you start to get nervous because, oh, I just don't have enough of it? Or do you start Mm -hmm. to think about time... Oh, the, you know, let's make the most of our time. And isn't it wonderful that we have time on this incredible earth? And it's your relationship to time. And I just, in even preparing for this conversation, I started to think, what is my relationship to time? And and it's been a really good reflection. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I I think when I think of time, I actually think of the adjectives that go with it. Oh. So if I don't let myself get stuck in like, a fourth dimension and a wrinkle in time, then I, if I'm just thinking about time, I, I depending on my mood or my feeling, you know, I can think about quality time or wasted time or fun time or productive time. It's all these adjectives go that go with it that I that I end up pondering, like what will my relationship to time, how would I describe that right now? What adjective would I use to describe it? And with each one, we're telling ourselves a story about time and, and how much we have of it. And I think what matters is to understand that we have these different stories and we're going to have different relationships with time over time. (laughs) But if we reflect a little bit, it's worthy to reflect a little bit on whether or not we are using our time in a way that moves our mission forward. (laughs) And if we aren't, if we're using our time in ways that distract us from the core things or in ways that leave us so burnt out, we can't do the core things, then we need to adjust our relationship to time and and try to seek out those different adjectives for it. So true. It is so true. How many times have I explained to an intern or someone standing in front of me who's wondering how we get it all done, that it's typical in nonprofits to have 100 hours worth of work and only 50 hours to do it. (laughs) I've said that so many times. Our missions are so expansive and we value the relationships we have with the people around us. And these relationships take time. So no wonder we're we're kind of strapped for time because we, we just want to be in connection with so many people. But part of getting it all done is taking a step back and getting our arms around some strategies for success. We hope some of these strategies work for you. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. 
We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. 